three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. This is The Real Pineapple, this is your humble host Hunter here. Got another review here for all of you for the Real Holiday series here. We've got a review for the Santa Claus 3. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to say it. I was like, wait, third one. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so this was the last film in the Santa Claus canon. And I have to say, this is by far the the... the the one that makes the least amount of sense, which uh, there there is no bad boys for life here. Uh, this is just a really confusing movie. And full disclosure, I watched this today and I didn't recall ever actually seeing this. I remember kind of going, you know, like just when I saw the trailer, I went, I'll wait for that to come out on DVD. It's fine. I don't need to see this in theaters. And the things that work about this still do work. I I, I do think Tim Allen as a Scott Calvin uh, slash Santa Claus, he really does feel committed to the bit. And him and Elizabeth Mitchell, who uh, returns from the second one as a Carol, Mrs. Claus now, uh, they've had a uh, she's pregnant. And I was like, oh, okay, that, that's a fun wrinkle. But the issue is there is so much going on in this movie. There is Santa feeling overworked and still needing to go ahead and be, you know, Santa to the world, but still try to be a decent husband. And the biggest problem with this movie is it's the wonderful life episode of any sitcom that you've ever watched past like 19. 19- 65 like every single sitcom for the most part has done some variation of this plot this version involves uh scott santa being tricked by jack frost into basically saying that he never he wished he was never santa after him and mrs claus have this this disagreement eh, a fight i'd say but the thing is, the fight that they have, okay, Mrs. Claus is upset because he's, because Santa's not around to, you know, be more present, um, <laughs> present, uh, to be, <laughs> to be more present through her pregnancy, and her parents come, uh, from out of town, who she cut off, and I actually wish they would have gone into that a little more, because, because it's such a big, not not the main plot, but because it's such a, a subplot and it does drive their dissension and their uh, disagreements, it would have been nice to know. They just pretty much say that uh, Carol cut them off when she got married to Scott. That's really all they give you. It would have been nice to see some flashbacks or a little more context on the how that whole breaking down of their relationship went but they don't give you that they just kind of give you the one line and move on and, and that was something i was like yeah that's actually a missed opportunity and i have to talk about i have to talk about martin short i am 
a huge fan of Martin Shorts. I, I think he's actually very uh, criminally underrated, not just comedian, uh, but actor. I, I think he's actually great in quite a bit of things, whether it's an inherent vice, uh, which people forget he was an inherent vice, I feel like, but he's excellent in there. Uh, whether it's Three Amigos, uh, whether it's uh, Saturday Night Live when he's uh, when he's been on there, whether it's um, which people forget about, uh, whether it's Mulaney, you know, uh, John Mulaney is a short-lived sitcom. He was actually really fun on there. You know, he's had guest spots on How He Met Your Mother in Weeds. Like he uh, he was great on the season of Damages he was in. I believe that was season three. I want to say. Um, and I loved primetime Glick. I thought, I thought, I thought any, I think anytime he plays Jimmy Glick, it's an incredible amount of fun, but for not having the strongest script, because this definitely doesn't, because it's trying to balance the conflict between Santa and Mrs. Claus, the con, uh, the conflict between Jack Frost and Santa It's juggling, you know, the, it's a wonderful life bit, uh, but then, you know, you have to bring back, you know, Charlie, uh, played again by Eric Lloyd. You have to bring back Neil and Laura. You have to find a way to get them to the North Pole. So it's just, it's a bit cluttered by the time you get to the end of this. And this movie, while the other films were around, you know, the hour 45 mark, this this really could have used an additional 15 minutes, I think, to flesh, uh, to, to, to flesh things out uh, a little bit. As far as some stuff I did like, once uh, once Santa does get tricked and he is having the it's a wonderful uh, it is a wonderful life moment. He the darker elements I did find somewhat intriguing, but the problem is we only spend about twenty five minutes in the it's a wonderful life aspect. Uh, Santa gets tricked. He's taken back to you know 12 years ago where santa falls off the roof jack frost puts the jacket on that's what leads to all of this but scott is back at his old firm uh, he's working on christmas eve which when you think about it and how he treated charlie in the first film as far as his very uh, his disregard for actually celebrating christmas in general him working on christmas eve is a very feasible intangible thing if he wasn't Santa Claus so I actually appreciated the way they kind of tied that in you see him he goes and talks to Laura Laura is a waitress barely making barely making ends meet her and Neil have gotten divorced uh there are some things I went oh okay I do like these these wrinkles the thing that made me laugh and I mean laugh hard and it's probably the strongest bit of the movie itself is that Scott goes back to the North Pole and Jack Frost has just turned everyone everything into this big he's turned the North Pole into a theme park he has the elves handing out uh handing out uh like gifts and selling things and offering like oh if you pay this much you're on you're uh You'll you won't be on the night list. You'll be on the good list. Like Jack Frost has just completely fucked everything up, and I love that. I was really sitting there watching, going, "Okay, these are some interesting wrinkles that I actually do appreciate that are that are different. Um, that are you, sorry, there you might be hearing my cat randomly scratching at things, but uh, but 
I really like those different wrinkles that they threw in. And it leads to a Martin Short uh, musical number, which I'm never mad at. But the biggest issue with this movie is that the way that Jack Frost kind of gets this all uh, sets this whole plan in motion is that he manipulates uh, Spencer Breslin's Curtis, who is head elf number one. Now I- I'm assuming because um, the guy who played uh, Bernard might've been a little older than they would have liked for him to be playing, uh, you know, playing Bernard again. And I wish he would have acknowledged what happened with Bernard. Like it would have been cool if he, they just mentioned he retired or something because considering how important of a character he was in the first two films, it was just kind of like, oh, here's going to just go, well, he's not head elf anymore. That's kind of dumb. But the whole, <laughs> they have this whole thing where they have to trick uh, Carol's parents because they don't know he's Santa Claus, which I feel like you would just at a point go, all right, we're not telling everyone, but we almost need to tell your parents about this, but they come up with this elaborate plan to go ahead and have Scott visit them uh, with this with Sandman uh, played again by Michael Dorn. So Sandman makes them pass out and then they, you know, take the sleigh. And when they wake up, they have all the elves and everyone wearing stuff from Canada to make them think that they're in Canada and not the North Pole. It's it, it it's very elaborate. And I really thought, quite unnecessary if I'm being honest but at the end of the day I I didn't hate this as far as stuff I liked as I mentioned uh, Tim Allen and Elizabeth Mitchell really do have great chemistry together but that's probably the strongest thing about this outside of how dark it does take some uh, some aspects of uh, of the film Uh, Jack Frost flat out freezes these two people that I went Oh shit, that's that's damn, all right. But the resolution for it, I was sitting there going, I know this is a Christmas movie. I acknowledge that I will let a lot of a lot of things go for a movie, but the resolution to Jack Frost, I kind of just went, Oh, give me a break, really? Like we couldn't have thought of uh, anything else. And I will say too, uh Liliana Mummy, she's uh, she plays Lucy again. Um Outside of the Santa Claus movie, she was in like Cheaper by the Dozen, uh, one and two. So you've seen her and stuff. But honestly, she might be the best actor in this outside of Tim Allen. She was actually very charming. And when she needed to be mean kind of for her, uh, it's a wonderful life version of herself. She uh, she played that role very well. And she comes across with the nervousness of a kid who is in this insanely delicate uh, situation that they're in way over their head. I, I really appreciate that. But for me, the biggest problem is, is how Jack Frost manipulates people. It just, there is just a point I would feel like you would go, huh, this guy's a con man. And when things kind of start breaking down, I mean, he's using He's freezing things to kind of fuck with the workshop and stuff. No one would see, you know, ice or anything and put two and two together. Like it, 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 there are just these little leaps in logic that really do add up to a quite to a much bigger issue by the time you get to the end of the film. That I just went, eh, I, I don't love that, and I kind of hate how the movie is just kind of going like, well, this is how it is. So, uh, 
while this is by no means like a, this was never torturous or anything, but I was watching this going, this is kind of nuts and I can't believe this exists <laughs> and that there wasn't a rewrite done on multiple parts on the script because it really should have been. But as I get to my final thoughts here, I think it's just to kind of see how things wrap up. I guess I would watch it. Um, it is on Disney Plus, so again, you're not having to pay to rent this. But at the same time, I really did think that this was this is a step down from the second one, which is actually my favorite one, as I mentioned in that review. But this is by no means torturous. It's just okay. So I'd give this a solid. I'd give this a C plus. Like I again, I don't think it's. I was never tortured. There were just these points I was watching it rolling my eyes, which I really didn't do through through the first two. So yeah, C plus. If you want to see how it wraps up, I would I would definitely recommend. But everyone, what is your favorite movie out of the three? For me, like I said, it's I think it's the second one, but let us know what you thought in the comments below. You can go ahead and like both of our pages on Facebook. Uh, you can like the real pineapple. And you can like us at uh, our gaming page at Real Pineapple Games. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at JHunterRealPineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at First. And don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, TuneUp, Amazon Music, and Spotify at The Real Pineapple. Thank you so much for listening. We'll have more reviews coming up here soon for the Real Holiday Series, as well as review uh, live on Christmas Day for Soul, as well as for Wonder Woman 1984. Everyone, please stay safe out there. Wear a mask. Take care of each other. And we will talk to you soon. Take care.